Hello everyone, welcome to the Desolation Sounds podcast. My name is Stephen Hook and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do with the world of alternative music, be that rock, punk, metal or extreme metal. I forgot the T in the first metal there, so it's going to go splendidly well. Um, how are we all doing? How is lockdown treating y'all? Um, I hope you're all well. I keep myself occupied. I made a the tiniest, tiniest uh, loaf of bread yesterday. Uh, or day before, day before, and he is beautiful, he is my son, and I shall cherish him, even though I have eaten half of it already, but it's literally just like, barely two hands, it fits, I can't, you can't even see, there you go, don't forget, you can, when I say, you can't even see it, remember, you can see me, go to YouTube, my link's around here somewhere, and you can see my face and my fresh pink hair, purple, blue, I tried dyeing it, it didn't go well, anyway, let's talk about music, because... Someone is here to do that, and it's it's nice to know that it's not just me sometimes. We're going to have album reviews this week from Milk Teeth, Supruga, Lie, uh, Suicide Silence, The Chats, but we're going to start with Ishan, um, the former Emperor lead man, now an esteemed solo artiste um, from Nottingham, Norway. He is known for his extreme progressive metal um, style. I don't know why I really struggled with word style. Technically, this is his debut EP. Um, I feel like it's unfair to call it a debut EP. It's his first EP, which no means the same thing, but he's six, seven albums in as a solo artist. So, yeah, a bit weird. It's a bit weird. But anyway, it's called Telemark. Um, apparently, it is the first of two EPs. That's to come from Ishan. I don't know if they're both going to be coming out this year or one is early next year but it's the first of two uh, one is going to be much more experimental more progressive much more mellow kind of fair the other one which is this one is going to be more in keeping with his extreme prog lineage excuse me um yeah so on this you've got three original songs plus two covers we'll stop the covers you've got um lenny kravitz's um Rock and Roll is Dead, and you've got Iron Maiden's Wrathchild. Now, I am not the most familiar with Lenny Kravitz. He had that one song on Guitar Hero. Uh, is it, are you going to be my way? Are you going to go my way? Is that Kravitz? Sure. Um, yeah, not the most familiar with his work. Um, so I didn't really realise it was a cover at first. I did feel like it was like unusually jaunty from... Ishan, I also couldn't put my finger on why it felt so horrendously different, even though it was like quite upbeat, had a bit more like clean vocals, which he's not like adverse to doing. He's got a really good singing voice, actually, Ishan. Um, the bit that got me was I didn't realize the three original songs are all in Norwegian, and obviously Rathchild and Rock and Roll is Dead, both in English. It took me longer than it should have done to realize that. Um, yeah, so it did feel quite unusually jaunty for Ishan Shruti Affair. Um, I thought having the the saxophone match the guitars um, riff for riff and just sort of like comp each other like they did, it struck me very King Crimson-y. And again, I've got very limited knowledge of King Crimson, but the go-to song, 21st Century Schizoid Man, the way the guitars and the sax sort of play off each other, I found a lot in common with what he was doing in Rock and Roll's Dead. And it just felt like a little, a, a, just a bit too odd, which is weird considering Ishan has never really shied away from doing anything with the music. But yeah, it was just a bit too upbeat brass on this occasion because I liked it when they did it in Wrathchild, which is a bit hypocritical, but I don't know. Wrathchild, I'm more familiar with the song. Um, if any band's going to cover it, Gallows is always going to be the best cover of Wrathchild. Do not add me. Um, please do. I'm so alone. The cover doesn't really deviate too much from the original Iron Maiden version. Um, the sax and the clean vocals on the chorus does give it like a bit more jazzy, upbeat, big band sort of thing that you'd get from uh, the 60s, which I much prefer in Wrathchild than I did in Rock and Roll's Dead, but I think that's just because I prefer the song Wrathchild from what I heard as or of 
Rock and Roll is Dead. Even if I heard the original, I don't think I'd be really into it, but there we go. The originals don't really push the boat out on what Ishan is already known for. Um, and that's not a slight on Ishan at all. He is a wonderful musician. I I know a lot of people go for Eremita for his solo stuff. For me, I much prefer Arctis. I think Arctis was fucking great. Amir, I kind of saw Amir as a step down, um, which is weird. I've seen a lot of people give it good reviews for me. Amir just didn't really do it for me, but there you go. The three original songs on Telemark then. Yeah, it just shows off the creativity he's already known for. I really enjoy his use of saxophone. Off the top of my head, I don't... I can't really recall him using saxophone to this level. Um, he's worked with Jorgen Munkerby from uh, Shine before, and he's worked with guys from Leprous, who I think use saxophone every now and again. Um, and he's worked with like loads of musicians who have all like probably devil in the past, but top of my head, I can't really think of him using saxophone before, so this is like a very saxophone-y kind of sound, and I think... He's done a really good job. A lot of what I said for Wrathchild, it sort of like complements riffs quite well and it really bolsters those riffs, really bolsters the transitions as well from, even from like riff A to riff B as much as it does from like verse to chorus to verse to solo to chorus and yada yada. Uh, one thing I've always picked up on Ishan's solo sound is his use of repetition and his manipulation of it. So you can hear the same riff or the same lick over and over and over and over again. And that's one of the things that I like tend to dislike about prog here. And there's like little bits over and over. But for me, what really gets it with, or um, Ishan really gets right, fucking hell, is he can have that repetition. And it's just what goes on around it that changes. And what makes things so interesting. And what makes this music so great. Um... So on times you'll have this big building, like almost post-black metal um, wall of sound. Other times you've just got the rhythm guitarist doing his own riffs on the other side of things. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Fuck. That's like the fourth time I've sneezed in an hour. If I get hay fever this year, I'm going to fucking cry. I've never had hay fever before. I like laughing at people who are pollen's bitch. Ah, oh, Fuck. We're good? We're good. What was talking about? Oh yeah, repetition. So you've got like lead guitars um, doing their thing. And in the background you've just got different things happening where it is, again, like I was trying to say, the post-black metal build. Something a bit more technical where it's just the rhythm guitarist um, whittling in the background or it's for something a little bit more chill. And yeah, it's something that could go so, so wrong so easily but that's what makes Ashan so great, is that he doesn't do it wrong most of the time. There are some songs where I'm kind of like, me. Um, but yeah, as a little taster of, if you are unfamiliar with Ashan, I think this is a really good shout. Um, in terms of like albums, I think the reason why I prefer Arctis to Eremita is because I think Arctis, Arctis is... Oh, what's the fucking word? It's a good starting point is what I'm trying to say. Um, but if you just want a taste for a show to find out if his version of Extreme Prog is your thing, um, give Telemark a go. It's a good sample of what he can do. But just know everything on here, he can do it so much better. Um, I have no idea if that actually changes because I changed my mic settings recently. So I have no idea if going farther or closer away actually changes anything. So we'll find out in post. Um, but yeah, that is Telemark. That is technically the debut EP from Ishan. He's done so much more. Please look him up. He's very, very good. Cool. On to uh, the other side of the planet. We're going to go to Queensland, Australia um, for the chats. They're a garage punk, punk rock outfit in Queensland. This is their debut album, High Risk Behaviour. And if you're not familiar with the name, the chats, you there's a good chance you'll be familiar with their song, Smoko. Um, so as a whole, the chats have had like a really weird, that's the wrong button, I didn't want to press that at all. 
the chats have had like a really weird um, build and right, really odd ascension, I guess you could say. So they had the song Smoko went crazy viral. How many plays is it on? It is on 8,000, 8, 8 million, nearly, well, 8.7 million uh, listens on Spotify. I think almost like 10 times as much on YouTube. Um, so it went viral on that, like a, as a weird song. It's all about just going for a fag break, but in Australian. From there, they got signed to Universal after the EP came out. Before? I think it was before, actually. Signed to Universal, got the EP out, and from there they've signed, or they've made their own like sub-label called Bargain Bins Record. So they've gone from just, initially it was four lads um, from Australia, just dicking around, and now they're on Universal, and now they've got their own label. It's it's a kind of like weirdly heartwarming story. That's just an old, it's such an old school punk rock aesthetic that's made it big. You know, these are short songs. It's a very garagey kind of sound. Um, they write about the most mundane, normal things, not a menzing kind of way where they um, romanticize it or anything like that. It's that you got songs on here that are about pub food. You got some songs on here that are about STIs. You know, and it's yeah, it's just it's just it's a weird thing to see. Because obviously, alternative music fan, we've seen a lot of like weird and wonderful things go up the rankings over the years. But this is definitely one of the more weirder ones. As for the album itself, it's very high energy um, punk rock. It doesn't quite go to borders or, or like to the words of like frenet freneticism, frenetic, whatever, um, or cathartic. And just like it's fast and angry as you punch things. It's just it's got a sound and aesthetic that's on par with the likes of. Buzzcocks, um, Iggy Pop, Ramones, Sex Pistols, that kind of ilk. Um, so it's very grounded, it's very brash. The only time it really deviates from a very... A bunch of lads having a jolly is a song, The Kids Need Guns. The Kids Need Guns, too many S's. Um, and that's kind of... A lot of their song titles are pretty self-explanatory, but this is just slagging off America and gun control really which I think now at modern day punks that's kind of like a rite of passage whereas before it was like shitting on your own government now it's shitting on America's government um, it is the done way um, otherwise you've got songs like Better Than You The Clap um, Keep The Grubs Out why am I trying to think the album the fucking title tracks right in front of me yeah they're title tracks are just very very on point and on brand. You've got Drunk and Disorderly, um, Dine and Dash, Do What I Want. Um, I feel like songs like Stinker and Ross River are probably more familiar with Australians. Don't know why I have to keep saying Australians like that, but you know, there's no nuance, there's no hidden subtext. It is just. There you go. I thought. So you got, you've got the guitarist Pricey. I think his guitar work probably stands out the most out of the album, which is saying something. Um, a genre like this, um, it's like punk, garage punk, that kind of thing, it can be quite limiting on what you can do. It just all depends on like how you do power chords and your transitions and things like that. I think he's done a great job of keeping things creative and trying to have different ideas on what he can do. It is, it's chord progressions as much as it is riffs. You can hear like little, um, some in like the lower end of things, but lower end of things. But a lot of it comes into like high, um, oh fuck no, the high, um, higher end of the neck. So it's kind of like more scarty, but with a bit more bollocks behind it. Um, yeah, I think this guitar watch is really, really great. Um, super creative and it doesn't, it stops the album just being like one long thing of chord, 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 chord. Now he's singing about dicks. Chord, 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 chord. Now he's singing about being drunk. You've actually got some nuances and you've got some... Not nuances, I just said there's no nuance. you just got some separation between each song and um, each song's got a bit more personality behind it based on his guitar playing. 
I thought this album was, it's just insanely likable. It's so easy. It's probably the easiest album I've listened to in a very long time. Um, you don't have to worry about what are they really talking about or what could it mean? Is the sky really blue? The sky is so fucking blue on this album. Um, and yeah, I've got, there's no point trying to like fish around for other superlatives. It's just super simple very honest um and it honestly just keeps with the theme of just three lads just having a just having a party all the time and with the current climate as it is it's pretty apt it's quite nice and it's a very it's a summery album so listen to it with the sun out which is kind of out it's murky it's it's hot as hell but murky outside um it's very keeping for the weather at the moment so Give it a go. The album is called High Risk Behaviour. It's by the band called The Chats. Um, yeah, it's just really, really dumb, really fun punk rock. Moving on then with the clickety click of my mouse. Where's it gone? There you are. Um, we're going to move on then. Go to the other side of the world again, kind of. Um, to Riverside, California for the sixth album from Suicide Silence. And it's called Become the Hunter. Ah, da, 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 da. So, let us start with the previous Suicide Silence album. It was, best way to describe it, an experiment. Um, and best way to describe it was divisive. In the self-titled album, they decided to go um, super, super new metal. Um, really tried to... I'm not sure reclaim is the right word, but... Reimagine, I think might be closer. Um, reimagine the sound from like the turn of the century and the couple of years immediately preceding it. Um, as a whole, the album was as a whole the album was a mess. Um, as much as there were points that I enjoyed about it, I liked songs like uh, "Run." which I thought had a bit chord influence in it. I liked songs like The Zero, which I think had more of a Deftones sort of thing to it. Silence as well, which I think just stood amongst itself. I thought, as bad as the album was, there were moments on it that had potential for carving a new sound for um, Suicide Silence. Their core fan base did not feel the fucking same, nor did most... Actually, no, I think critically... It didn't do too badly. It wasn't like album of the year, but they weren't saying it was toilet. Um, their fan base just went absolutely rabid, and it was so disheartening to see. Um, some idiot called for the band to break up and try to make a petition, which got I think like five thousand uh, signatures. That guy's a dick. Um, they they don't they basically. Suicide Lab was just on a cold stop on everything they did that was remotely new metal. Um, they don't play the songs from the self-titled live anymore already. It only came out, what, three years ago? Yeah, three years ago. There's only a little bit of the new metal still on here, which I'll talk about a bit more in a sec. Um, but it's just, it's just a dead stop. And it's such a shame because you don't want bands just to be the same forever. You want them to experiment. This is why um, like Metallica get a lot of flack for how much they change. But you think of all the different people that now listen to Metallica because of all the different experiments that they've done. Um, the reports are that before Mitch Lucker, who was the previous frontman, before he passed away, he was learning how to sing to include clean vocals in a Suicide Silence album. On Black Crown... They were already experimenting with a bit more um, new metal and more groove metal kind of influences in there. Although the self-titled was an extreme, um, an extreme version of what the reports were saying, and um, maybe they rushed too much too soon, it was still an experiment. It was still building on ideas that I've been talking about for years prior. And, yeah, it's just such a shame that a very toxic side of 
the heavy metal community just said, no, we don't like this. Go back to doing what you're doing. And they have. Suicide Silence are back being a deathcore band. Luckily for Suicide Silence, they are one of the best of that genre. They're probably one of the best deathcore bands that have been. Eddie Hamida on this sounds fucking great. His high screams um, are just fantastic. They... He just absolutely kills it on this album. Um, the riffs, the scratches, the solos, the guitar work on this album is fucking brilliant. On the song The Scythe, it honestly sounds like someone owes drummer Alex Lopez money because he just goes fucking ham. It is everything, it's literally everything you want from a Suicide Silence album because their fan base has said, this is what we want, don't give us anything different. Um... Feel Alive is a hella brutal song, uh, lyrically, in words and in any execution. You've got like the chorus, like, I need to kill to feel alive. And the way it is, like, burp, 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 burp. proper cooking monster stuff. But it sounds so fucking brilliant because he can sing and I cannot. Uh, Disaster Valley is another great song. I mentioned earlier about there is some very minuscule crossover with like their old with the new metal from the, that they tried to do on the previous album. Um, there have been songs like In Hiding and Skin Tight. Like I said, kind of has elements, but it's not not enough to say, like, this is a new metal song or this is deathcore with new metal in it. It's just, like, pencil shavings sprinkled on top worth of influence. Don't know what that fucking means. Um, this is a good album. This is Suicide Silence being Suicide Silence, and it just so happens that they are very, very good. At being them it's just a shame that by looks fit what they want to do they cannot because they're fan base and the wider heavy metal community has said don't do that um i really hope they can find a happy medium like i said the black crown had elements of new metal um who knows what the album after that would have sounded like with mitch if he would have got clean vocals in if they would have brought more new metal in I hope some, but I feel like the next album it will be a new metal deathcore like meet, um, meet between or like hybrid or something like that, just so they can feel creatively, creatively satisfied and remember that this is their band and also it keeps their really finickety uh, fan base happy and content. Um, that was Become the Hunter again, very, very exciting deathcore. It is, it's very very good i don't think i've done it enough justice by just saying why why can't they go back to be new metal which is they went new metal everyone complained now i'm saying they've gone to deathcore again and i'm fucking complaining so they suicide science can't fucking win but it's still a great album go listen to it it's called become the hunter it's a sixth album and yeah if you don't like it don't be a fucking asshole i really spiked on my audacity so i'm sorry cool we will move on then to Canada. Yay. Um, I want to live in Canada. It looks like a lovely place to go. Uh, the band are called Lie, and their album is called You Want It Real. This is their fourth album. They are a... I think they've been like... Well, not think. They definitely have been labelled as a post-punk band. This is their follow-up to Hounds, which came out in 2018. Um, I am not very familiar with the genre of post-punk. So you'll have to forgive any naivety that I may have, more so than usual, because I don't know a fucking thing. Um, I feel like the genre is a lot broader than what I have previously given it credit for. Take that as you will. Um, but yeah, just like a little caveat before going in, because I know nothing about post-punk. I don't really think, I can't really think of a post-punk album that I have consciously put on. The closest I can think of in the past fucking years is Oath, which again they experiment way outside what I previously thought. And a band that my manager showed me got a really long title. Can't think what they're called. That helps. Um, anyway, on the actual album itself, you want it real. Um, musically, again, very good. <laughs> try again. Very garagey. Um, lots of like very scratchy guitars, so think um, Minutemen, Mets, uh, Modest Mouse, other bands that begin with the letter M, 
Um, it's very, very hard, uh, fast paced. I think it's got a subtle um, hardcore punk influence in there as well. They, they give a lot of reverb on Ashley Luck's vocals, who is the uh, lead singer of the band. And that like almost echo like hue that they put on the on her vocals just gives the album a lot more of a darker feel. And there are times when the album sort of like crosses into like more of a goth kind of punk sort of thing or like a massive goth influence from how she executes and like just on her own if they took off all the effects on her vocals just how she sings where it is very much like a punk rock in your face sort of yell um it adds to that what's the word aggression that's not the right word confrontation i think it's closer as to the confrontation of the band's sound where she is it just sounds like she's outrated deck you one um and yeah with the reverb makes it a lot darker makes it a lot heavier and yeah it's quite a from the because i had like a quick blast on what other post-punk was it's quite like a mildly unique sound from how they have what they do to ashley's vocals and what she herself does as a vocalist to make it a bit more them and a bit more um identifying to them as a band and with all the effects they put on Ashley and what they put on um, the guitars and bass, it kind of borders on noise sometimes. Um, not in a bad way. You'll have like also that scrap, um, that reverb echo on guitars. So when you do, it's like. But then you've got like on bugs, which is like this really frenetic, fast-paced song. Like, you've got that. With the reverb, so you've got like the echo of the previous note happening at the same time. So yeah, just sort of like sometimes this fade into like a little bit of a noise sort of area, but not to the point where it's like difficult or you can consider this full on noise rock. Um, the lyrics on the album, it is so the band are known for being uh, quite open in their opinions, and they are known to voice their opinions on things like anti-privilege. Um, they're very pro-feminism, the anti-rape culture, which, as like a standby, that was really I. So I picked up that phrase in a, another review for this album. To me, it's so weird to see that. As, like, you have to be anti-rape culture. It was fucking. Yeah. Who the fuck isn't? And that's probably me talking as like a very standard white boy, but. I, it was just a weird thing to see written down. But anyway, back to music. They're known to talk about and to sing about those sort of um, subject matters. With this, they have said that they want to be... Excuse me. A little bit more open lyrically. They want to leave things up to the interpretation of the listener. And there are certain songs that definitely do that. You've got a song like... Oh, excuse me, I'm doing a die again. Songs like uh, Good Boy, which kind of feels a bit role reversal, in my opinion. It's where, like, you've got the... Um, what? Is it the, the social problem? I'm not very good with, like, social political issues. I'm so sorry. Um, but basically saying, like, girls need to smile more and um, girls need to act a certain way to, like, brighten up the room, all that sort of thing. They need to hold up the emotions i guess um it feels a bit more role reversal because you've got like telling the guy in the song to do this good boy telling him to do that good boy it's very yeah i just feel like it's kind of like a role reversal it's like oh well, look you've you've made it you if you if you wear this this i don't know this outfit boy um i'll 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 be happy you know, it's a, yeah, I thought it was a bit more of a role reversal. LSD, which is the final track on the album. Initially, I said, or I put that on my notes, it's about sticking with a troubled relationship or trying to work through um, issues in a relationship. Based on what I've read about Lie and other lyrics that they've written and other topics that they cover, I feel like writing about a troubled relationship or any kind of relationship is just a little bit beyond them 
I feel like I could be completely wrong, and if they want to sing about fucking relationships, then fucking why not? But I feel like I'm not doing it enough justice to say that oh they're just they're just writing about boys or they're just writing about girls. I just think there's a lot more to it than that. But if it is sticking with that, like the difficulties of a troubled relationship, then it is another social point that does need talking about. And again, they are not averse to voicing their opinions, so. Who knows? Um, the song Bugs, we talked about a minute ago, I've got no fucking idea. It sounds so fucking badass, though. But you've got song... I think the lyrics go something along the lines of... Um, bugs crawling in my head, they're a cancer, can't get them out. Like, what the fuck is happening? This song is great, but I'm so scared at the same time. Um, there are still a few songs which I think a little bit more on the nose, and they are very much more obvious about what they sing about. So you got the song, You Got It, which to me screams, it's like the male versus female perspective on a rape. You've got um, Fantasy of Destructive Force. Try again. Fantasy of Destructive Force, the penultimate song, um, which I think deals in the world of abuse. Those sort of songs, reading the lyrics, they are a little bit more upfront with um, top of the matter. In my opinion, I might be getting them completely wrong again, but... It's me. Um, the overall scheme of things, if you compare it to... And I made a note of this. Come on. If you compare it to the t- just the track titles from the previous album, Hounds, um, you've got Better Sex, Country Boys, Birthday Party, Can't Get Enough, It's Really Nice, Weaponized. They are just the title tracks alone. It's kind of like the chat sort of thing from earlier where it's much... Uh, very because of The song is literally there in the... Um, title track and the track's title there's no nuance there's no like I wonder what it means there's no subtext it's literally just it's it's there it's right in front of you Um, so yeah they are definitely in that regard keeping it a bit more open on this album keeping things a bit more open for interpretation and open for discussion Um, yeah one song I really want to sing about before I move on to the next album um, is a song Drowning With Piss it is track 6 it is a bit more melodic compared to the rest of the album. And it's closer to what I had in my head when I saw that they were labelled as a post-punk band. My fucking god, that song is good. Um, the thing that gets me every single time is to the, 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 the transition out of the chorus. So you've got... Um, oh, fuck, I've got a name. Ashley. Um, it's the, I'm high, I'm high, I'm high, I'm high. Ah, shit! And it's... She says shit, it just goes into this, like, searing, um, again, it's slowed down compared to the rest of the album, but it's not, like, um, ballad or doom or anything like that. It's a bit more like that gothy haze um, that I was speaking about earlier, and yeah, I just think that song is fucking good, man. It's fucking good. Keep punching the microphone to get the hair out of my face. This is going well. Um, yeah, if you like very... Musically, if you go for, like, very... If you like your punk rock to be a little bit different, a little bit more experimental, definitely give this a go. If you like... Is it class or socially minded? It's definitely not politically minded. Although it could... No, it's not politically minded. I think it's more... If you like your socially minded punk rock or your socially minded music, so the biggest example I've got in my head is Nervous. Um, although there is lots of bands that do it. There was one I reviewed recently that I don't remember who the words fuck. Why is my memory so fucking awful? Existence is suffering. Um, but yeah. How nervous I would be in quite upfront with their views about all things. Um, if you like that sort of um, lyrical content, give Lie a go. It's L-I-E with an accent going that way. Or I do I'm reverse that way. Basically, it's going southwest to northeast. That's the E you want. Alternatively, as I found out, if you just put Lie Vancouver as one word into... Instagram, Bandcamp, Twitter, that sort of thing. You find them pretty quick, so go for that instead. Um, the band is called Lie. The album is called You Wanted Real. It is the third, fourth, fourth album. And yeah, a little bit more different punk rock for y'all. And before we get on to the last album of the week, I'm just going to slide in the, the new release from Sapruga, which those of you who have been around for a while... Might remember me talking about Sapruga. They are a a Russian black and hardcore band um, from a place called Samara. 
the album Chaos. Chaos. Um, basically, the Russian word for chaos. Um, that came out last year. It was a top 10 album for me. Bit left of field considering everything else was quite like a known, um, not mainstream, but in more known in the alternative world, I should say. Whereas I feel like Chaos was even more underground than what I usually like to find. And I still really, really like that album. Um, the band found my reviews from them on YouTube and gave me lots of nice feedback. So they are pretty chill dudes. Um, and they've come out with a new EP, which you, if you're not watching on YouTube, you won't see me doing the little bunny rabbit ears thing, but EP because... So the EP is called... Oh, fuck me, it's Martian. Nikto Nevi Bezopasnosti. I don't think I did too bad. Um, it's English for... Uh, it's Russian for nobody is safe, so I'm going to try and just state that instead. Um, yeah, it's a second EP. It is a bit of a cheek calling it an EP because it's three songs long. It's 11 minutes long, but the first song hits me more like an intro track. It is... It's like two minutes long. Two and a half minutes long. And I think the first minute and a half of it is it's like dark ambient music in the background with a woman talking in Russian. And then Ksenia Kundenko, who is the vocalist of the band, comes in with just this piercing shriek of, I don't know, horror, terror, fear, whatever. And then it slowly like descends into her sobbing and then it cuts to the next song which is pronounced Yama um, and it's the Russian word for pit and so yeah it's kind of it's a bit of cheek say like two songs with an intro is um, a class and EP I feel like it's more more of an extended single but with this being my show I want to include it because I fucking like Spruga. Um so yeah first proper song on the album then track two Yama I think um, much more fast paced than the other track, um, way more in your face. It is more in line for what I think about whenever I think about um, Supruga. One thing I did notice though, so was, sorry, I should say, the standard sound for Supruga is very intense, black and hardcore. It's very, very well produced actually, which I'll get into a little bit more in a bit, but exceedingly well produced considering they are from what I consider quite a musically quiet part of Russia. Um, having said that, the Russian extreme metal and blackened scene it's fucking hot right now um i think turner are about to come out with a new album um i remember listening to it called eat the dinosaurs um cerna are fucking great um yeah russia is becoming a really cool place to listen to music at the moment um so yeah the general sapruga sound is very fast paced very well produced um black and hardcore uh, Ksenia sounds fucking evil as sin. Dmitry Argovin's... Sorry? Avargin. Yeah, I got the VNG wrong. Dmitry Avargin. Sorry, man. Um, his guitar sound, which I'll get into a bit more in a bit sec, is just one of the best things I've ever heard. Um, and it is just like blistering fast pace for us for throughout. And it's got some really nice um, riff work in there as well. Uh, track two keeps in line with that Supruga sound. I feel like it experiments more with um, melody in this song. And there are lots of bands that describe it. The only one I could find as like a named example was um, Svalbard from the UK. Um, obviously Svalbard, like a blackened, cross-punk, post-metal sort of thing. One of the parts where they're like, obviously they go 90 to dozen quite speedy, like Supruga do. But every now and again, when they have like the... Melodic bits in the middle. It's not like the post rock sheen where it just like it's one note um, played for ages. It is any other band, it would be considered like they're like double peat songs, like. But compared to the rest of like Supruga and the rest of Svalbard's back catalogue, that's the point where it's considered the slow part because the rest of it's so fast. The other example that just came to my head was the chorus to the title track of Eternal Forward Motion by A Point to Serve. 
where it is it is not slow but it's also not their double quick fast pace that's what i'm kind of trying to explain Svalbard in this song do that a lot more and i think it just adds to the breadth of their sound um in track three which is the title track again nikto nevi bezel pasnosti that's the best i've done that and i've been saying that a lot off microphone because i want to yeah i want to do it justice i'm happy with that one Someone might get in contact and say, that's shit, fuck you, I did really well. Um, that song is a bit more groovy, a bit more sludgy. Um, it opens, like the first minute or so is the Safruga Hardcore, and then it slows down to um, a real, excuse me, dirgy kind of, it's a sort of tempo where you've gone from like flinging your hair around and getting some serious limb action um, for the first song, and the first half of, this, of the third song, very confused. And then when the slow part starts kicking in, he goes from all that to more of a, a headbang. And then you get your shoulder involved. You know when you get your shoulder involved, that's like a really filthy kind of dirge kind of song. And yeah, definitely does that. I'm intrigued to find out where where they go with this because I'll, the first album has... It's a lot of like the three to four minute hardcore sort of songs. They do experiment going more deeper um slower end of things like on the top track of this ep um but the fact that both proper songs are here are five minutes are they both five minutes i think one goes to six minutes oh no so they're five or four minutes the four minute one is probably more in line time wise but stylistically i think it's a bit more different and then yama is the five minute one that's quite the breadth of song so I'm wondering if the next album, instead of having like short, crunchy, hardcore, they go for like the big, more fewer song but more expansive kind of um, thing, like how Svalbard did in the latest album. Um, so I'm intrigued. I I have no personal connection to anyone in the band, so I have no idea if an album's going to come out this year. My money would be on early next year, but that's literally just a, a time and date. I pulled out my ass. Um, it was finally on this EP, of all things, a three-song EP, where, well, two-and-a-half-song EP, where I finally figured out what it is that keeps drawing me back to Zapruga. And it is Dimitri's guitar tone. It is the most metallic, industrial thing I can think of. Um, and I'm not saying they're going to be in the next Code Orange, because it's not that kind of industrial. It's literally the tone of his guitar. It just sounds like two bits of heavy sheet metal just twatting each other. Um, the sound I describe to people about Sapruga is like this melting pot of Behemoth, uh, Watane, Year of the Knife, Ministry, Rammstein. Very intense guitar stuff that just goes frighteningly powerful. Um, yeah, I really like Sapruga. I hope um, they get a bit more exposure in mainland Europe and US and the UK just everywhere in general i guess um but yeah i think they are a very very good band love to know what they have coming next um and as a as a sample as a starting point i guess you couldn't go wrong there's a lot of what they've already done combined with some new ideas in the zp um it just depends how well acquainted you are with black and hardcore or how much you want to get into it um Ah, oh, fuck it, why not? What? Give us a go, and if you like this, go for the album. I'd still recommend the album over this, purely because there's just more there. There's just more content to take in and find, and like properly get to grips with the band sound. Um, but yeah, it is called, one more time, Nikto Nevi Bez... Ah, oh, fucked it. Nikto Nevi Bezo Paznosti. Um, just type in Supergirl. It's going to be so much easier unless you have a Cyrillic keyboard. Um, there's a second EP-ish... Um, and yeah, Russian Black and Hardcore. Russia is coming up with the goods um, for Black and Music at the moment. So, yeah. I wonder why. I wonder what could cause them to be so aggressive all the time. We are going to move on to, to the main event of the week. It is the self-titled album. The second album from Milk Teeth, Strood's greatest child... Children? Child? Whatever. Um... I'm familiar with Milk Teeth. They are a grungy punk kind of sound. Um, their first album, Vile Child, got a lot of comparisons to the likes of um, 
Nirvana and like in utero sort of thing and that 90s Seattle sound with like a modern punk twist. Since that album's come out, they have had just the most unluckiest run. They had a lot of critical backing on their debut album, um, Valchild, and they accrued a very dedicated fan base um, along the way. Like I got, in, um, I found out about them with or through uh, Stephen Hill, journalist and podcast host. Um, I don't know him personally, obviously, but he basically said that Valchild was the best modern debut of this generation, and on his podcast basically said just go out and buy it don't stream it don't spoil it if you said just go out and buy it and it's the first album I ever bought based on that recommendation it's the first album I ever bought without ever listening to a single song from the album and it was a fucking great album um, Vile Child is a brilliant album um, the, the fan backing for the band like I said is insane I remember seeing them fucking hell it must be about two years ago now they supported Shikari and we were stood behind two girls. I hadn't seen them for the like they had there was an opener before Milk Tea, but I don't think I went to watch them. Uh, might have been bored actually. Um So they had these two girls in front of us and they were really, really excited about the band. Um during this show Um so sorry, during this tour they were doing self help um pop up stores. Um, in and around the venue they were playing. So when they got to Lincoln, they didn't have one in Lincoln, they had one in Nottingham, because I think they played there like a night or two before. Um, and I think, and with that, they had like a one-off charity t-shirt, and I cannot for the life of me remember if it was for an abuse charity or a... Mental health charity. What kind of that fucking word? Either way, they had like a limited run charity t-shirt to go along with those self-help um, shows or get togethers literally just got together in a room and talked about feelings or fucking sports and coloured in and hung out and drank coffee if that sounded fucking wicked um, and these two girls stood in front of me were going absolutely mad um, they kept getting waves off Ollie and Becky Ollie at one point went further to the stage and said hello to them they were in the shirt um, and I didn't see them for the rest of the show even though Shikari was playing so there's a good chance they might have just been there for Milk Teeth. They just got like a really insane um, fan base. I know I've got as many people as I can to listen to Milk Teeth. Um, and I know a few people who actually really like them now. So I'm I'm both part of the problem and part of the, the, the good. What's the opposite of a problem? Not solution though. Whatever it is. Um, so yeah, really good backing. And they followed up their debut album with Be Nice and Go Away, two EPs in 2017. Two fucking brilliant EPs. If that was, if they were together as one album, can definitely contend for album of the year that year. They were so fucking good. Um, and then, but just before that, just, well, in fact, just before they'd lose the debut album, Around the release of the two EPs, and ever since then, they've just had... It's just been a whirlwind for the band. Um, I won't go into it too much, because if they ever listen to this, I don't think they want reminding. But basically, the only person left from the first album... I think the only... Yeah, the only person left from the two EPs, in fact, which came out three years ago, is Becky Blomfield. Uh, just trying to think now. Is that her name? It's Becky. Um, yeah, bassist and lead vocalist. She's the only one that remains. Um, but now they have M. Foster from Nervous, among many, many other things. And Jack Kenny, also from Nervous, and Gold Key, again, as well as many, many things. So, yeah, although they've lost a bit of, like, critical or um, critic push and like the momentum was lost a bit from that um, debut album the fan backing still there and I feel like it's carried them a lot over the past few years um, to the point where we now, have, we now have this new album in terms of musical evolution the debut album was very very dirty kind of grunge stuff like I said a lot of comparisons to the likes of Nirvana and the Seattle sound of the time 
um, much more punk side of things. So that's why I was saying like more Nirvana as opposed to oh, fuck. Um, Alice in Chains, who are a bit more doomier, more heavy metal. Um, the two EPs, Be Nice and Go Away, they were a, a lot. Of, uh, a lot of comparisons I saw to Green Day, and I'll completely back that. It was a lot more of like a shimmery sort of um, pop punk over the top of it all. Some of the songs on there, like um, I Stabbed You First, Lillian, Owning Your Canis, fucking Song of the Summer. Oh my God, that song fucking rips. Um, yeah, just more super catchy, super fun, um, lighthearted pod, um, pop punk over the top of their grunge sort of sound. With the self-titled... In fact, no, they had a song in between. So after... When they went down to an initial three-piece, where it was Ollie, M, and Becky... Um, they released the song Stain, which I still think is a fucking brilliant song. Probably one of the better multi songs out there. Um, and I remember reading or hearing a interview with the band that said they want to go more back to their more grungy stuff. They weren't really a fan of this like uh, more pop punkier sort of thing they were going with. Stain was a very clear response to that. It was a lot more um, grungy, a lot more heavy, way more heavy. In fact. It was great song really really good song that one and yeah with the debut i'm oh, sorry with the sophomore album they are the grunge is back um it is more in line with stain or with vile child as opposed to the two eps uh the production on this is just world's better i can't put my finger what it is but i know i fucking can't can't like the first album it felt very low production to like sort of intensify like like grunge influence um and to give it that like really hazy 90s everything's bleak and shit kind of vibe whereas this is very much the production's cleaned up but they're still quite intense they're still very heavy they still got the element of everything everything is still shit but it's they're creating that mood instead of having production do it for them. I don't know if that's just because they didn't have that money for that debut album, but it was on Hopeless, so I feel like Hopeless would have enough money for it. But yeah, production's cleaned up a lot. Yeah, production's cleaned up a lot on this album. Um, everyone sounds so much better. The guitar work is a lot better. Um, M as a guitarist just does so much more, and that's not a, a slate on uh, the previous guitarists. I remember one Chris and Billy I feel like like quickly um, listened back to their albums a minute ago or the albums with them on a minute ago they dealt more with um, again power chord progressions as opposed to riffs M has a lot more riffs in there um, it complements Becky's voice and Becky's execution a lot better it carries the songs as well it really and like keeps the flow of the songs going really really well yeah i just thought the guitar work was a lot better on this um there's gonna be a lot of wanky things i'm gonna say but this is probably the wankiest and i hate it when um reviews say this but becky sounds so much more confident and oh, i hate saying that not because becky doesn't but purely because it's just how can, yeah it's a silly thing to say but how she hits notes and how she sings, she's just, it feels like she's very much, I quick, like I said, I quickly look back on like the back catalogue, Vile Child, it sort of sounds like she's still quite down below the mic and just getting her bits out when she needed to. Whereas Dish, I feel like she's properly sat into that front woman, front woman role, um, in better the like high notes and like that bite in the chorus she absolutely fucking nails she's got such power in songs like transparent given up and dilute she's just got such an improvement as a vocalist on the album and i think she sounds fucking fantastic um again some of the notes she'll hit and some like just like some of the sections of songs or sections of music that she'll hit sounds great her bass playing um, carries songs just as well as M does as well. I feel like M has really contributed to um, overall songwriting of 
the band I've, um you listen to a lot of what nervous do and you listen to this you definitely see there's like um a stylistic influence on the band sound and when i was going through um the album just to, like pick out the songs i want to save in like playlists or whatever and like liking the ones that i liked having it on the background or have just listen to it as an album like man yeah this is really really great going through song by song like man given up as such a belter like but it can't beat dilute though dilute is the best song on the album now better is this i go all the way down until you get to circles and like please let there be any more like better songs because i'm running out thankfully like In the nicest way, I didn't realise there were so many fucking belters on this album. And it's just, song to song to song, there's just something so catchy and so endearing about pretty much every song. A good song, 90% of the albums have been liked on Spotify now individually. Um, I think Destroyer adds, like M Screams on Destroyer just adds that extra bit of heaviness um, that really gives a song um, a bit more power behind and a bit more gravitas. Similar to songs like Stain and Fight Skirt. Medicine is the best slow ballady sort of song that Milk have done since Swear Jar. Um, Better and Circles both have a claim to be song of the year. Circles is just... I listened to this, I listened to Circles and immediately thought, I don't know where Stroud is. Um, but it must be West Country. And I think... Parts of Gloucestershire, where Stuart is, is class as West Country. Like, fucking, it's doing the West Country proud. It's fucking West Country massive up in here because the, it's the er on circles. Um, I have the piss taken out of me all the time for it. Um, anything like twirl, squirrel, burger. Um, I sound like a fucking cartoon character. So to hear it on a song like Circles and for a song for it to sound so, it's fucking slays so hard. Um, yeah, doing West Country proud on that song, methinks. Uh, lyrically, very empowering as well. Uh, the band have always known to be quite outspoken about feminism, equal rights, um, patriarchy, abuse, that sort of thing. Um, Becky in particular, very impassioned. Like she shares stories both from her point of view and stories she's heard of other people. Just making sure that like, people have got a voice. Um, Again, another very socially minded, uh, socially adept kind of band. But I feel like on this album, whereas before they were telling stories um, from like a first person point of view and like in the in the darker parts of all these instances, like you are the one that's being abused, you are the one that's being belittled, and you are the one that's like under the thumb and that sort of thing. I feel like this and the lyrics on this talk about being on the other side of it. So. You've got like war cry of I deserve better on better. You've got um, given up on like sorry. You've got the song given up, which is all about obviously just being bored of being the not the punching bags. I think that's a bit too literal, but um, having to deal with an asshole. Being like, no, I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna fuck off. Um, transparent. I feel I feel like Transparent has a lot of M in it. Um, the lyrics are, I won't be your silly little girl, cut your claws, I won't feel, feed your power thirst. Um, later on you've got, I won't be your silly little girl, do you really think that you're my world? Oh no, your eyes stop seeing. I think that kind of like cynicism, that sort of like attitude is very M. Um, and yeah, the lot, a lot of the songs on this album are just very much a case of, as opposed to being like, the victim of any particular circumstance, you're now the victim that's finally said, I just fuck off. No, no more. And it's like, yeah, I feel like it's a lot more empowering this time because you are, they are still covering those social points and those very, very um, troubling subject matters. But this time they are saying like, there, there's not, doesn't have to be like this. There are ways out. You can overpower it, and you can come out on top. And I think that's really important because there are a lot of bands who are talking about how shit things are. Um, but it's also very important to know that as shit things get, there is still something on the other side. So I think this album's fucking great. I did. It, I did not realize how much. 
how good it was going to be. Um, and even through listening to it, I was like, man, it's just a really, really good song. It's just a really, really good song. And then putting it all together, I was like, fuck me, there's loads of good songs on here. Um, compared to that back catalogue, I much prefer it to Vile Child, purely because I love the production on this much more than I do on Vile Child. Compared to the two EPs, oh, I'd probably have to sit with it a little bit longer. I really, really like those two EPs. Um, that was a big mark for Green Day. So having a Green Day influence on grunge is always going to win me over but we'll see what happens um as the year carries on it is the self-titled second album from oh fuck from milk teeth um i like it so much and just punch my microphone right in its fucking face um and yeah give it a go i hope my reviews from today have inspired you to seek out new music um you've listened i keep saying um i'm so sorry Listen to album reviews today for Milk Teeth, Supruga, Lie, Suicide Silence, The Chats, and Ishan. Overall, I think quite a positive week. Isn't that lovely? Uh, if you have any complaints, compliments, comments of any kind regarding what I've said today or what I say ever, what I do, or just in general, um, it's lockdown, we're all very alone. Um, come and find me on social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Desolation Pod, I have a YouTube channel as well, which if you can see my face, you already know that. But I haven't got like an official URL yet, so just click my link tree or click somewhere nearby. I'm, there's going to be a link for it somewhere. I feel like I'm on top of this quite well. Um, and yeah, until next time, which we will hopefully have reviews for Four Years Strong, Iris, and Vasa, among other things. Have yourselves a jolly good time. Hopefully, the lockdown isn't getting to y'all that much and you can do stuff and think just remember don't go outside unless you really have to think of the nhs wash your damn hands and don't clap for boris johnson <laughs>